0: I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Strip-Till Farmer podcast series supported by Solutions. In today's program, we get some perspective from a New York strip-tiller on how he got started in the practice and also what he's learned becoming a strip-till equipment dealer in an area of emerging adoption of the practice. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Agri Solutions. Solutions is the market leader in wearable parts, components, accessories, and solutions for tillage, seeding, planting, fertilizer, hardware, and inventory management solutions. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of infield solutions to advance your strip-till system. To learn more about Solutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Well, as a niche farming practice, strip-till requires an intimate understanding of how different parts of the system correlate to an overall objective, whether it's increasing yields, improving soil health, targeting fertilizer application, or all three. Striking the right balance between equipment and inputs to maximize the benefits of strip-till is a constant work in progress. With so many moving parts, both literally and figuratively, Having a local resource who is knowledgeable on setting up and maintaining a strip-till system can be a luxury for farmers. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, supported by Agri Solutions, we chat with Lowville, New York strip-tiller Aaron Miller about how he got started in the practice while simultaneously becoming a strip-till equipment dealer. Aaron shares some of his challenges, opportunities, and early lessons learned at getting his own strip-till system established. While also seeking to be a local resource for customers. So I actually, I just started farming myself
1: a couple years ago. So and so I am I run a farm and I have the dealership. Okay. Prior to that, I was in ag retail and had uh, sold. After I got farming more and want to focus more energies on that, I sold my ag input business to um, Growmark. And so I had chose to move to strip-till based upon the history that I had learned. um, And I'm in a primary dairy industry locally. Not all of my market that I serve, uh, you know, where the dealership is, but um, my farm and what I had worked in was a lot of dairy. And realized I just don't think we need to move as much soil as what we've been, efficiency, you know, all those things that you talk about all the time right <laughs> in your magazine yep <laughs> and so I had done a, so I own um, Eastview grain going to be Eastview Ag technologies um, is, is the arm that we run the dealership through um, so I'm fairly young in all of this with a dealership but not new to servicing a customer right mm-hmm. and and helping provide solutions and finding a way through problems on a farm you know and I got into it and looked to be a dealer because there was nobody around here that even strip-tilled locally. And I did a lot of digging with people that have been running strip-till, and that led me to Soil Warrior, which I've been very pleased with. And after I got to realize and understand and know the group from Environmental Tillage, I was very, very impressed. And our relationship grew and um, they wanted to know if I was interested in helping them represent the brand. And I was more than happy to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of a really glazed over overview of how I kind of got in the strip till um, dealership business.
2: Sure, sure. So you mentioned, obviously, uh, you had done done some research, tried to do some homework on just strip till in the area and that there didn't sound to be really, you know, uh, much of a presence in terms of a a dealership uh, standpoint, kind of selling and supporting systems at the dealership level.
1: Correct. Well, I'm I'm talking very locally here. I'm in I'm in upstate New York, Mm -hmm. eastern upstate, right? And so, like, I'd call my local Case IH dealer or even, um, you know, my John Deere dealership, and they they would say, we have some stuff, here's a brochure, here's a pamphlet, but we really can't, we don't know much about it. We know, like, some of the people sell them in other areas, but this is what we got, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I had done research on those other products, and I don't want to sound really biased, I mean, I think any, I think strip fill is ahead of the right direction, but as I got understanding, more about the challenges that my environment would have, I soon realized uh, for my farm that the Soil Warrior was going to be the right fit. And so that's why I pursued Soil Warrior.
2: Mm-hmm. So, how much, uh, I guess, on farm? research or experience did you have i guess running a machine kind of trying to get a feel for uh their performance the the results and and obviously kind of then taking that next step into to wanting to be a dealer and actually selling the equipment
1: it was simultaneous hmm. that's bad i know
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it all happened at
1: once i jump in i i go in fully you know mm-hmm. Um, but, but my thing was So my reason for strips, I know I'm, I've talked with the guy that focuses on this all the time, but with the strip till with the soil warrior, you are doing conventional tillage in that zone. My challenge is hitting that zone, but I knew if I can get my equipment to hit that zone, I'm not giving up anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm only enhancing. And so. So I went at it full force. I didn't have the, nor did I have the manpower the way my farm had jumped. Um, We over doubled our corn acres and we used to pick rocks. Okay. Mm -hmm. We had, and there was no, and last year was my, 2019 was my first year using strip till. Okay. okay? And we had a very, very wet spring. If it wasn't for strip till, I, I, I only got half the corn I was supposed to. I would have only had a quarter of the corn in that I normally would have if I didn't have strip till you follow, and so that put me on a um, very speedy track of of doing we did a few fields um you know conventional tillage, as I'll call it um but we stripped almost everything the first year.
2: So how big of an operation do you have, Aaron?
1: We're farming about 2,000 acres of row okay. crop. Okay.
2: What uh, okay. kind of rotation are you growing? Um, it's been
1: corn. We've done some beans okay. this year. We did a little bit of hemp last year, but it's primarily been a corn, um, a, a full corn, corn on corn.
2: So based on it, what had you...
1: Forages. The, the farm had sold forages. The market, because of the loss of dairies, had shrunk. And so we lost the market. There was no longer a need for our forages. So in fall of 18, I burnt off the other half of my acreage to go all corn. You follow? And was going to implement yes. some strip till as a strategy. And all of a sudden, we had the worst year ever. on the worst year ever for Mr. <laughs> Miller. Anyway.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We couldn't get that, corn I've heard in. that story, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So... So, kind of thinking then about uh, obviously the relationship that you develop with ETS in terms of becoming mm-hmm. a dealer. And I know, as a company, they're they're relatively new in uh, selling through dealers. Uh, only the last few yeah. years, you know, have they kind of gotten into that after you know really being direct to to farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe kind of walk me through just how that relationship developed in term of in terms of you know kind of getting that dealership side set up and and the business element of it to obviously getting out and, you know, building customers and and working with people. And obviously, you know, one of the big things, you know, certainly I hear both in talking with dealers and farmers is that, you know, the understanding of the systematic side versus just selling a piece of iron is critically important.
1: Yes. And that's what I do not feel... I am not an equipment salesman whatsoever. I came from the ag input side, too, remember. and mm-hmm. and even then, I found, as I'm out when when you're selling fertilizer, spray, seed, you know there's a sale every year that either you 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 made that sale or you didn't. Equipment is a completely different ball game. Some people have. Um, they don't have to make a change, potentially, or they don't think they have to make a change, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're going to keep, you know, doing things. And I've, I had to learn uh, as I go um, to give customers time to, I say, think and, and, and work through the systems approach for themselves, you know? Um, but I that's what I had done for years. I, I don't peddle equipment. Right. I, I and strip till to me, and especially environmental tillage with with the dry boxes and stuff like that sums up everything we wanted to go towards with the variable rate application, all those the, the different bins to blend the fertilizers, the systematic stuff. You know, I don't know if I answered that question right. I'm I'm getting off track here on you.
2: No, that's okay. <laughs> but, I, I think you you hit on the second part. And I think I was curious about, um, you know, kind of the the first steps there, the, the business side, you know, how you kind of got that relationship formed with ETS so, and then obviously getting yes. into, you know, actually, you know, selling the system and, and, you know, building that customer base.
1: And, and so to be honest, um, I was very open and transparent with, in the beginning of the relationship with them of what can be expected from me as we ventured into like, cause they are new with the dealerships a little bit. Correct. Mm-hmm. As you had mentioned. And and I'm actually of the opinion a little bit that dealerships as we know them going into the future are going to be different than they were in the past. I mean I know that's a little bit cliche, but really, really is. Um uh, there's not there's not a a dealer on every corner. A lot of farms are much more sustainable themselves. You know? What is geography? What is what is a dealer um territory? Mm-hmm. Right? What does what does that look like? Um how do you protect that? Do you protect that? Um, and, and so we've we've had a good for me with them. It's been great in our relationship with communication between them on what's expected of me as a dealer, what's expected of them, and how we are going to work together on this. There's there's it's it's a very open, um, uh, navigable. That's not the right word, but um, conversation as we go forward with, with where we're going together. You know, it's not like, Hey, this is my cause there's been no arguments over, you know, this is my territory or not my territory. This is, we're, we're on the same page and we have been from the, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's how we started. Like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm capable of today. This is where I'm looking to go in the future. Where are you guys, where are you guys going? What does it look like? What are you going to need from a dealer? You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, 2020 has proven that right we're ever changing and now we're ever changing even faster Mm -hmm. so so that's uh, It's not a real clear answer other
2: than um, We've been
1: very communicative back and
2: forth Mm -hmm. So you're a year in essentially now to both implementing Mm -hmm. the system on your farm But also at the dealership level and and being Mm -hmm. a a dealer Um, uh, uh, Walk me through that, that first sale. How did that go? You know, when you're talking with a customer, you know, getting them, obviously trying to get them excited about the system and, and whatever background they may have. But um, kind of set that scene and, and, you know, talk me through how that went.
1: So the first sale was actually very rewarding. I've had a couple of sales. Some are quite a distance away. I service in uh, North Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been down there. My first sale was actually with a gentleman that's been farming for, uh, he's been in the market for the last 25 years. Um, I grew up watching him farm and, and respected him immensely. And he was actually my first sale after he saw me utilizing it. He, he's, um, progressive, you know? And, um, he's like, Aaron, what do you have? Why did you do it? And where are you? Yeah tell me about it and he he ended up purchasing one and is running it is very happy Um, and that was just from him seeing a unit in the area like I said we haven't been strip till in the past so that's been a tough sell in that it's not like you're comparing units or machines you're actually trying to teach them about strip till from from the get-go you know because they've never done it Mm-hmm. Or, if they've had it, even the farm, my farm, That um, a couple of my customers um, that were cousins, just to give a little history, approached me about taking over their farm. They didn't have a succession plan. So they said, Aaron, are you interested in our farm? Which was a huge honor to me as their spray guy, you know, um, that they respected me enough to say, hey, are you interested in our farm? I, With that respect, I said, hey, guys, I'm thinking about changing up how you guys used to do things, right? That's a little bit... Um, Uh, disrespectful sometimes (laughs) to somebody that's 65 or 70 years old right and here I go change everything the way they had done it and they're the ones that like ushered me into this wonderful opportunity you know Mm -hmm. and they said we've tried that before it doesn't work right we've tried this before it doesn't work and and when you talk to people about strip till they didn't have a good concept of what strip till really was because it was so new to this area their strip till is something on the front of the corn planter you know, Mm. not a separate unit. And so that's the battle that I had locally going into this. And, and so when a neighboring farm says, okay, I get it. That's, that works. I I see what he's doing. Um, I'm going to do it on my farm um, the very next year. He bought a speed disc. I bought a strip till and he goes, Aaron, you always coming out smell like roses um i'm the guy that has the wrong piece of equipment you have the right one that's that's exactly what he said (laughs) the the speed disc did not work for him and uh (laughs) and he bought a strip till because in my search for how i could be efficient right i had looked at the speed disc because i had customers that had speed discs and in my research uh you know last all uh, you know 16 17 months ago just kept leading me to, I don't want speed discs, I want a strip-till, and I want something that doesn't pull up rocks, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm in a rocky, stony situation. So, so that's a lot of information regarding the first sale, but that first sale was very rewarding.
0: We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, Solutions, for making this podcast possible. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of in field solutions to advance your strip till system. To learn more about Agri Solutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Aaron Miller on some of the critical points of conversation to engage in when starting out in strip till.
2: So, in these conversations you've had, you know, certainly the sales that you've both converted, and now the customers that you're engaging on on the practice and the system. Um, in your mind, what what are some key elements to those conversations that have to come out, you know, from a dealership standpoint? You know, when you're talking to people that you know might be you know, pretty unfamiliar, and particularly in your area. And, and I understand, you know, there, there's some growing interest in, in parts of New York state in terms of strip till, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's still very much an emerging practice there. So when you're having these conversations, and like you said, it's, it's something, you know, new, it's not like you're selling a tractor or a planter or something like that, you know, it can be very unfamiliar. When you're having these interactions and trying to get people interested, you know, what, what are the keys to, to doing that? My the the key
1: approach that I use and where the soil – so my my soil wearer that I bought, it was a little overkill, um, but I got a three-bin machine from Environmental Tillage right off the bat. And the whole concept of that is it is a fertilizer blender on wheels.
2: Hmm.
1: But you got your N, P, and K, Mm -hmm. if you want. Nobody really utilizes it quite like that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But it really to helps tell the story because that is part of the, we're not only preparing the slot, I, I call it a conventional, conventionally tilled slot,
2: hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. We're warming the soil. We're creating a beautiful seed bed um, in a really nice environment with the proper nutrients placed right where you want them. And... And in doing that, it allows you to do your prescriptions on different rates as you're going across the field based upon your soil samples, which is what we stress on the ag input side all the time. Hey, and we cannot afford to put nutrients where they don't need to be. And and so after you go through those steps, and now we're going to be very efficient with our time. You don't have to pay for the spreader truck to come across it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have them two passes with tillage, right? Um, you're doing all of that in one pass. You're warming the soil up. That's one of our biggest challenges here, is, is trying to get that soil warmer. Um, and you're drying it out a little bit. You've got like, potting soil there. And, and you plant into it. Just make sure now that you're hitting the zone, because you want to be firing on all cylinders and before, when you're going to truck spread across the whole field, that plant wherever you want it's spread out right now we've isolated that zone and and that's where you have to rely on the technology to help on your slopes to make sure that you're hitting in that zone because now if you're off you're off you're you're, you ain't there you aren't in the sweet spot Mm -hmm. right that's Mm -hmm. the biggest challenge that we would I feel we have with strip till right now is implementing I I am stripping with a 16 row strip till Mm -hmm. And I have a 12 and a 24 row planter. Okay, so I am not, we are definitely l- using implement guidance and doing all of that. But there's my sales speech. I don't know if I just sold you on a strip pill or not, but that's, <laughs> that's where the basics of my customers, that's how the conversation starts And I ask, why do you do it? And I literally use, I have three bins on my machine. You take your local co-op and the fertilizer blender that you have sitting there, right? And I'm doing that in the field. I have the ability to do that in the field. And and then guys start to get a concept of it. They start mm. to get it. So,
2: so and, and, and I know I'm, I'm talking, you know, with some other, um, you know, more equipment-oriented dealerships for this. And, and I really appreciate your perspective on this because I think you're coming from a little bit different background than uh, some of the other people. But um, I am curious, you know, how has strip-till and selling strip-till systems kind of fit into the overall business picture for your dealership? You know, what is it, what kind of a complement does it provide? You know, what kind of an economic or uh, I guess just um, selling advantage or benefit? And I know there's challenges. We've talked about some of those obviously with it being a new practice in the area, but um, obviously from a business standpoint, you know, there has to be some benefits for you to make this work. Yeah. And so I honestly,
1: Um, don't tell environmentalists this, right? But there's a certain need that I need to be, to be, um, looking at the next thing. You know what I'm saying? To be Mm -hmm. progressing. I guess that's the best way that I I like to put it if we're not, I have a user in in, in Green Seeker technology, variable rate nitrogen technology in, in my, in my previous business. And, And just some of those technologies that people would say don't work, it's like, okay, but why, and some don't, not everything that's new is good is, is great, but I'm very programmed like that to try to figure out why won't it work and does it make it, is it worth making it work for? So, and, do, and I talk a lot, as, as you can tell, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a certain element of it that just, that just fit and I found I like the folks at environmental tillage and, and I'm trying not to, because it's not a sale that's gonna happen every year, right? So I'm I'm actually cautious. We're probably to the point now where I'm gonna designate more um investment into the dealership. Um because I feel it's necessary to 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 meet the demand and meet the need and the questions. I want to make sure that we service the people well, right? So as it grows, I'm gonna to to bring in people and then all of a sudden there's the pressure to move units, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have investment into that. But right now and for year number one, um, I've been doing most of it along with another young gentleman who who has been running the strip till on a daily basis for my farm um and um I didn't do it for the financial gain you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying or the, mm-hmm. or the or the or the it's going to become a part that that we look at for that purpose, right? But right now, currently, I'm just telling my wife, see, it's gonna pay off, dear, it's gonna pay off. You just wait, <laughs> you just wait, right? You ever had those right.
2: conversations? absolutely, oh, absolutely. <laughs> that,
1: that's really that's really where, where it's kind of at. You know, when we started moving the first couple of units, you know, you kind of go back and say, see, this time I've invested in being away for to a trip to North Carolina, or why I sat on the phone, you know, out in the hallway for that hour talking to that guy, this, it's starting to pay off, right? um but i haven't kept track of that a lot it um it I, I i wouldn't say there is there is obviously money in it um it has potential to be lucrative i say you know i think environmental is is good in that regard i'm also trying to understand how much off suggested retail do people really actually sell units for <laughs> and and that's hey it's the equipment business I am new to the equipment business you know um, there is more margins in the equipment than there was in some of this other stuff <laughs> and so what where what is the price at the farm gate and and where do you hold that line and and honestly that's where the communication between myself and environmental tillage has been invaluable it's just I'm like, Hey guys, what do you want me to do here? We don't want to be, I don't want to be the cheapest guy out there. I want to do a service to you as a dealer though. Right. You know, I, I want to move units, but where do, where are we going to fit in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. And we have those conversations because we are, to my knowledge, we are the most expensive unit out there. Mm -hmm. You know, we are not the low man, you know, Mm -hmm. out the door. Sure.
2: Sure. So you mentioned, you know, uh, Competitively, in terms of some of the other strip till options maybe that customers have out there, and you mentioned you know deer in case and case and they may have some some parts or equipment, um, is there you know kind of a, any other presence out there from another brand or another company that you're competing with for interest in, in sales, or again, is it kind of an area that you're working in that is very new to the practice, so it's much more of an educational process as it is a sales process. It's
1: as much of an educational process as it is a sales process. Um really is. Now I just my most recent one that I sold, um, the gentleman was looking at a competitive unit. Um it was during the COVID thing. We just it just got taken care of here three weeks, two weeks ago, you know. And but he he didn't want to be, but he was sold on the performance of our unit with a deep cog, right? Versus what the competitor had mm-hmm. um, he still tried to use a competitor as like hey you guys are just way way off your rocker, but We knew and we treated him fairly. We did we we got aggressive and we wanted his business and we served him well but um, he I knew he wasn't gonna be satisfied without anything, but what we had and That was that was kind of the first time that I've really ran into um I, I don't have situations where I'm walking on the farm and they're saying, well, yeah, but the, you know, the one tripper guy is going to be here next week and we mm-hmm. just got to decide between your two units. Like, that just doesn't happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it does happen. It hasn't happened to me, right? Sure, in, sure. In my marketplace. right. All right. My lo- like I said, my local dealers that have, they sell Gladiator Coon. Right mm-hmm, and some mm-hmm. stuff like that and they literally walked into my desk and when I was looking before I bought Soil Warrior and, and just dropped the the brochures with all the dust on them, <laughs> literally <laughs> I wiped the dust <laughs> off them <laughs> and, and they said, hey, this is, what well, this is what we saw out in the rack. I know we can get them but we don't really, I know we know in western New York they sell some but we, I don't really know and I knew more about them at that point than
0: what the salesman did anyway so there's not, there just wasn't a lot. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing your perspective and experience on getting started in strip-till both as a farmer and as an equipment dealer. And again, we'd like to thank and recognize our sponsor, Solutions, for helping make this strip-till farmer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And a reminder that you can keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free Strip-Till Strategies daily e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at f a r m r and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. For Aaron Miller, Solutions, and our entire staff here at Strip-Till Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.